I don't think there are any other subgenres, you guys. We're just talking about nipples. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creatively Titled Podcast, brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Uh, if you haven't yet, take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom, and be sure to check out all the other awesome shows that the network has to offer. Uh, until then, I'm Jack, and same for is Jake. I can't say nothing or the candy man will get me, Jack. True. And sitting next to Jake is the lesser-known person who is both the writing on the wall and the whisper in the classroom. It's Mark. Sweets to the sweet, Jack. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, in doing so, we spoil the living shit out of that movie, so fair warning on that front. Uh, this week, not so much of an issue, because we watched 1992's Candyman, and we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake, what are your beers for these fears? Uh, not a beer, Jack. Ooh. There, oh, so you, yeah. I think I know what's coming. There was a layup this week, which was there the was. King of Beers, Budweiser, yeah. Red Ripshit Sauce has made appearances on the podcast in the past. Yeah, I, I don't know if in the chat Mark was mentioning he was unaware that that Budweiser was in the movie, I think. I don't think Mark watched the movie. <laughs> I am somehow really bad at recognizing product placement. I mean, it was staring you in the face. There's Very a scene where Virginia movie. Madsen's Helen has like a beer to take a load off at the end of the day. And that beer is a Budweiser label right at the camera. <laughs> you said the end of the day, like she had a hard day at work when in fact, what happened yeah. was she woke up covered in blood in a woman's apartment, having apparently kidnapped a child a and murdered the shit out of a dog. In <laughs> retrospect, that would make a very good ad campaign for Budweiser. Like Ugh, long day. <laughs> you need to relax after like a blood. really long, fuck Mark. all this like bad day at work shit. This is a really long day. Mark, I think, the part, Bud for. I think the part you're forgetting is that that was an ad campaign for Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie. Clearly he's forgetting about it. He didn't notice it. A anyway, we got to move past it. I did not drink Budweiser. Instead, I am drinking, uh, I'm drinking mead because yeah, you mead, honey, really these candy, man. Uh, it's from a meadery, if that's what you want to call it, called Green River Ambrosia out here in Massachusetts. And this particular mead is called Whiskey Kaiser. Uh, I don't really know how to compare it to other meads because I don't drink <laughs> mead very often, but it tastes okay. It's pretty sweet. It's also pretty alcoholic. So here we go. You son of a bitch. I really should have gone first this week. I thought I was really clever in my choice of mead <laughs> as well. Um, I know it. I am drinking uh, Waggle Wildflower Session Mead by the Nectar Creek um, Brewery, I guess you'd call it. Um, I kind of like the ingredients here. It's water, honey, and sulfites, which yep. uh, Sounds I kind of right. dig that. Um, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's it's mead. It's kind of got a little funk to the flavor, and I like that, but it's a little sweet. But it's got a lot of alcohol, so it'll get me where I need to go. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Are they actually beers? Uh, yeah, so you two cancel each other out, and I am the only mm. one with actual mm -mm. beer so i guess i'll just take the concession uh i'm drinking undercover investigation shutdown ale by lagunitas or lagunitis as okay I like so you lose it. because oh you can't God. pronounce it <laughs> it's lagunitas uh, <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm going off of the early scene when uh the the two girls are investigating the the project and they're undercover as they're not undercover officers. they're the exact opposite undercover is a police officer pretending to not be a police officer these women are 
not police officers pretending to be police officers. Uh, well, they're undercover as police officers. So, <laughs> oh boy, um, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, Jake and I win this week. No, no, come on. <laughs> All right, Mark. Then uh, how about you save yourself by telling us about what else has been rocking your horror world over the course of the last week? Not absolutely, just Candyman. Yeah, uh, Candyman, obviously, but uh, the astute listener will recall that at the end of last week's episode, I made a stupid bet with Jack regarding the release uh, date of Ferngully, the movie. Yes. I regret nothing. Uh, I I believe you were acting as the house in that bet, in that you set a line of when it came out, and you let me pick the over-under. Yeah, uh, probably should have thought that out a little bit better. Giving you, giving you maybe something more hard to uh, weigh in on. Uh, I was off by two months, so I yeah, still... Yeah, in your defense, you set a perfect line. Thank you. Uh, and I still lost, so hooray. <clears throat> Anyways, I had to watch Yoga Hosers as a result of that mix-up. So that's Kevin Smith's 2016... Uh, whatever the hell you want to call it. Nazi zombie bratwurst Canadian horror movie. Christ. It's... um. It's exactly what you would expect. It it's not subtle. Everyone is constantly reminding you that they're Canadian. Uh, yeah. the let me, bit, riddle me this: it. the trailer to me, it was so grating how much it was trying to be as Canadian as it was. It was almost infuriating. Does that maintain that kind of feeling throughout the movie? Uh, yes, yes, it does. It's not as bad as the trailer makes it seem. Uh, there is okay. the one scene that is particularly grating in the trailer of the sorry boot that, uh. sorry boot that. It happens at the very beginning, and it does last like uncomfortably long, like eight or nine seconds. But after that, they don't really do that much anymore. So there is like constant reminders of Canada and the fact that they're Canadian. And you have a bunch of people with like different Canadian ac- accents all saying things in funny ways, which I think is like basically the humor they're trying to go for. But it, it is, it's pervasive throughout the entire movie. If you think it's funny, you'll probably still get tired of it. <laughs> um, <All right. laughs> one, one thing I will say is the first bit of the movie, I'm, I'm not giving too much away when I say that there's Nazi zombie bratwursts because that's in the trailer yeah. but um everything prior to them is not great but was better than i was expecting uh, actually pretty entertaining there's a character called principal invincible that uh is there for one scene but she's pretty funny um <clears throat> what i ended up doing was i gave this a slightly better score than what i was expecting i was expecting something on the very low end of watchability i mean it's obviously going to be watchable it's it's well enough made movie. They use normal cameras and actual actors and actresses. So uh, I ended up giving this like a three and a half. I was kind of expecting a three. It's barely better than I was anticipating. Okay. Really um, so hairs. overall recommend or not recommend? Mm, not. A, it's not a recommend. But that being said, I do have a buddy at work who saw this thing at the midnight release and loved it. Oof. If you're a Kevin Smith fan and you like know what you're getting into, you're going to like this movie. It has all the Kevin Smith trappings. So hmm. so you didn't give it a recommend, but I still feel like you got close enough to it that I'm unhappy with my choice of what I made you watch for losing that bet. I probably as as a bar, I probably enjoyed this just as much as you enjoyed Monsterland. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um <laughs> that being said, if you if any of this does intrigue you, I would so much more heavily recommend you watch Tusk, which is another Kevin Smith movie. 
He might have just produced that one. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, much better. Still has the Canadian humor, but it's a little bit less on the nose. A lot of the same actors. Weirdly, it's set in the same universe. They cross-reference each other all the time. But yeah, watch Tusk. If you like that, dip a toe into this one. It's available on Netflix. Again, it's called Yoga Hosers. All right. <clears throat> what else? So, yeah. yeah, I have one more. Uh, and I, I kind of blew up the chat earlier this week. Uh, oh, I'm Because I had discovered one. a huge nostalgia bomb that just went <laughs> yeah, off you were in my going brain. off on this. Yeah. Uh, let, let me start it like this. So my wife went to a work function where her boss and, like, the other executive members of the place she works were there. <clears throat> relatively like fancy schmancy, I guess her coworker walks in, in a Godsmack sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, and Is as that a sweatshirt that has the Godsmack sun with the, the twisted rays coming off it. Yeah. You know, she didn't go into that level of detail. Um, well, God she damn. just, she, I know. I'm sorry. I'll grill her on it later. It's uh, so yeah, the second she says Godsmack sweatshirt, I think it's hilarious, but also that song Voodoo pops into my head. The I'm not the one who's so far away song. Remember that? <laughs> Sounds just like <laughs> that. Everybody remembers that. Uh, and a switch went on in my brain that was like, oh my god, MTV's Fear. Do you guys remember this show? Vaguely. Vaguely. So, <laughs> it's picture real world for two nights in a haunted house. Uh, they basically, I do remember this show. I loved the real world. <laughs> they find a bunch like a a bunch of dumb twenty somethings and strap a shitload of cameras to them and send them into a haunted house or prison or bayou or whatever the hell they go. They oh, go bayou, a bunch. yeah. Uh, this is like what you were plantation. so excited about. This is what I was so excited about. <laughs> oh, I I loved this show when I was a kid. You guys so much. I'd watch it like every single week when it would come out as a new episode. I'd watch it. Uh, turns out this is what I was excited about. It's only there for two seasons uh, because the good die young and they're all available on Netflix or I'm sorry, not Netflix, YouTube. Everything's freely available on YouTube. It's (laughs) the best. It's the best. Is this a thing where some rogue YouTube account has posted them? And by the time this podcast drops, they'll have been taken down to violating copyright. Uh, The first half of that sentence might be true. I didn't actually check what the handle was, but I did note that I think they've been up for quite a while. Okay. That's what so I, I doubt they're yeah. going to get taken down, but it might actually still be a rogue. <laughs> well, with the YouTube publicity account. they're going to get from you talking about it here. Yeah, they're going to yeah. see a surge in like of four watchers or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh, we got horror cast down. bump. Throngs yeah. of people just flocking to watch fear. <laughs> Better. Yeah. Maybe they'll revive it. If they revive it, then that was all worth Bootleg it. Bootleg fear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Get us out of here. Jack, what have you been um, up to? S- yeah, so I, I watched a movie that I um didn't know existed until i watched it on saturday um it's a movie i'm happy exists because the premise of it is one that i've been talking about should be a horror movie for like a really long time since the thing happened i don't know if you guys remember in new jersey maybe four or five years ago something like that maybe not even that long ago um there was like a it's a pretty rich suburb of new jersey but this family bought a house there and kept getting weird, creepy letters in the mail uh, from the watcher. And they were all like, I oh. watched this house. And they kept escalating. Like, when are the young bloods going to move in? I see your kids. I love that. When are they going to find what I left in the walls? And yeah, all I remember that you shit. talking like, about this shit. This yeah. had like a recent update, too. Because they've been trying to lobby the, the city to let them tear the house down and build up like apartments or something. Right, exactly. Because this family bought the house 
the the person who lived there before the family bought it had been getting these letters for like a year, and the family sued the family that they bought the house from for not disclosing that in the real estate contract. And then they were probably, and then they were totally unable to sell it because they kept getting these letters. And so now it's a whole thing. It's still going on. Anyway, there's like a rom-com about this lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Um, Hanks and Meg Ryan in the watcher. (laughs) So the the movie is called the watcher actually. Um, (laughs) Shockingly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on Netflix for free, which is, which is awesome. Um, it, they changed the setting from New Jersey, a suburb of New Jersey, to a uh, up-and-coming neighborhood, like a pre-gentrification neighborhood in L.A., in a suburb of L.A. And okay. obviously they changed it from a family to a young, attractive couple. Um, I didn't recognize the the lead actress, but the main actor, I've seen him in a bunch of shit. He's one of those guys. He's uh, in the X-Men First Class movie. He played Darwin. <laughs> um, if that means anything to you, he hasn't sure. had any big roles before, but like I've seen him in a whole bunch of shit. Anyway, it's a PG thirteen kind of movie. I don't think it's actually PG thirteen because I think it's was released on Netflix. Maybe I don't know, um, but it's definitely a PG thirteen type movie. Um, but I mean, is that okay? It's look. It, it'd be better if it wasn't. I think, as is the case with most PG thirteen movies, but for a PG thirteen type movie, it was definitely pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's um really middle of the road. Um, Some PG thirteen movies are great as PG thirteen movies. Absolutely. Uh, this I don't think is. It's certainly not great. Um, but it's not terrible either. It's there. You kind of know the plot. <laughs> you see the twists coming a mile away. Uh, except the last twist, there's like a bunch of twists, but uh, it's good jump scares and there's some decent dread that it builds. And I think the two lead actors actually do a terrific job of like, because it really feels hopeless for them. Like this is the first house they bought, they can buy and they overextend a little bit on the kind of house they could buy. It's also at a like good stage of life for, you know, us, our kind of audience, like my lovely wife and I just bought our first house not too long ago. And so it's, you know, I, I get the sentiment of it. Like if we couldn't sell this house and we also couldn't stay here, well, we're kind of fucked. We can't afford, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, parents. enjoyable. Parents. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Basement. So, <laughs> so was that a recommend or a no recommend? I would give it a recommend if you're not looking for like a real serious dive into it. Horror experience. If you're looking for something to throw on in the background and, um, I don't know, maybe you're uh, reading a couple of briefs or something and making notes on them and you want to look up every every few minutes and, and enjoy what's going on. Yeah, no I give it a recommend for that. You really, you really know how to sell a movie to our listeners. Yeah, that's absolutely. Next time you're highlighting legal briefs, put this one on. I spent about half the movie doing some legal briefs and I spent the other half. I actually, it's available to download on Netflix, which was a feature I didn't know existed. You can download movies onto my phone with Netflix. Watch hmm. the other half of it on the Stairmaster at the gym. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Download your hoagie off the internet. Exactly. Jake, what's been rocking your horror world? This is going to shock you guys. I watched another black and white movie. Okay. I don't think I don't think I've gone two straight black and white movies, especially two straight recent black and white movies ever. That's yeah, I don't know if I thing. would do that. There's like a specific kind of mood I have to be in to watch a black and white movie. Like yeah, that. I don't know. I was kind of going through my Netflix. I saw this on Netflix as well. You guys both said free on Netflix, which is kind of weird. Um, when, when I say that, what I mean is it's on Netflix streaming and you don't have to have the fucking DVD service. No one that has only that Mark shit. and my grandparents still yeah, have. Yeah, no, no one has that. 
it's on Netflix. I've, I've been going through trying to kind of like whittle down my watch list that I've built up recently. Um, this week, it was time for The Eyes of My Mother. So I watched The oh, Eyes shit. of My yeah, Mother. Oh, shit. Yeah, I saw that on there, too. I'm um, very intrigued by this movie. I. It's what I expected, but I will add that I wasn't necessarily expected for the sort of reaction I had while watching it. And what I mean by that is I haven't seen a movie in quite a while that's unsettled me as much as this one. Like, there's just something about its deliberate plotting, leave it to your imagination style. A lot of stuff is implied that if you let your mind, and maybe I was just in the right mindset for it, I think that has a lot to do with it, particularly particularly, fuck, with these more kind of artistic films. Um, it can get you churning a bit, and that's definitely what was going on with this one with me. Um, there is a lot of art for art's sake with this one, but I, I thought that it was a very is, fucked is there up story. Any reason, is there any reason for it to be black and white? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. It's black and white. It seems more pretentious that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean I do think it was considering what the movie was as a whole, I think it made a lot of sense. I don't know what this would have been like if it was in color. Sure. I don't know. Something about it just made it feel like it needed to be black and white. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I, it just had this way about it that everything that was happening was so fucked up. But it didn't tread into the territory of actually like showing you the types of things that then get you into your torture porn. And the not showing it to me was really, really like stomach churning. Judicious. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Very judicious lack thereof movie, for sure. You know what else is weird is that not only is this the second black and white movie you've watched yeah. in a row, it's the second like movie that came out in a I think two day span, right? This came out like the same day as um, the movie you watched last week, the, the uh, similars, the similars, yeah, the similars, right? Did it really? Maybe the same day. Is, did it really? I it think it day. came out the same day. Yeah. Okay. I, well. I can't verify that. Jack has been known to utterly make up facts before, so this could be. One I don't think there's any science to back. This that could be up, one of those foolish shit statements. They came out very close to one another. I, I will like. get. I know that's true. I know that to be true. Within, I think it's within two days. Is, the is other thing that I'll mention about like kind of the art for art's sake. It's they wrote it in like it makes sense that it happens. But this movie and this is for the benefit of the listener is another one that if you hate subtitles, you probably won't enjoy this because it starts in English and then it just shifts away from English for the most part for like two thirds of the of the remaining two thirds of the film. So, well, yeah, this wasn't an American movie, right? It was. It is. Oh, it is. But it is in two thirds <laughs> of it. Two yeah, thirds of it are in Portuguese, so has there to you go. pretend to be artsy by being pretentious. So not only does it have to be in black and white, it yeah. has to have subtitles. Yeah. Well, it's like Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the and whole it's... thing's actually shot in L.A. and they're just right. like, yeah, let's make it farcy, whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, this one shifts into Portuguese. Interestingly for, enough, for no reason whatsoever, it shifts into Portuguese. Uh, no, it, there is a reason, but oh, okay. Like they, as I said, long as they wrote it in, but it's very reason, it's art. not like totally unexcusable. Well, you can contrive a reason for most things. This is better. I'm selling it a bit short. This is better than that, but man, I I recommend this movie to people. I think what hit me about it was that it it went to the point where I start to shy away from movies. 
I don't really love the torture porn thing. It went about as far as you can go in that direction without actually going in that direction. And I really okay. liked what it left you to piece together about what's happening. Just off Sounds screen. like you'd give it a recommend? I would. I, I mean, it's a horror movie through and through. Nice. It's a fucked up movie. Where'd you watch it? Netflix, Mark. And the movie name? Fuck you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What'd you think of it? <laughs> yeah, wait, hold on, back up. Was it how many colors did they use? It's the eyes of my mother, Mark. <clears throat> Thank you. Maybe just eyes of my mother? I don't know if there's a the in front there's of it. There's a there's a the. Okay. That's really important. We've, di- we've digressed. Get me out. Let's let's go to the feature presentation. Yeah. Feature presentation. Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 1992's Candyman. Uh, this Can. was a Jack pick. And I picked this because Mark, like a stupid fucking jackass, picked the decade of 1985 to 1995. Someone's got to keep it spicy, Jack. That was <laughs> ridiculous. You guys are biased towards zero years. <laughs> because that's how Jake... decades work. No. <laughs> decades just 10 years. No one identifies by that, though. I know, because you're all biased. Oh, God. Sheeple. Deconstructing the concept over here. <laughs> you're and then, genius. Jake, I think you picked a horror movie. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did tell you to watch a horror movie. That's the I want to watch a rom-com. I think you picked a classic. No. What did you pick, then? I think you picked classic. I'm did pretty I? sure it was classic, too. I don't. Jake's just being belligerent. He's being obstructionist, Uh-oh. but that's his way. Yeah. I honestly don't is, fucking remember. It's me- been a while. Yeah. My God, you picked classic. Okay. <laughs> Both sure. Mark and I remember it. This is a good talk we're having. <laughs> I'm happy we're having it. Yeah. Um, but I think this being my pick means I have to do a 30-second plot synopsis, oh. right? Oh, yeah. It yes, does, Jack. It does. does someone have 30 seconds on the clock? Sure oh, do. Yeah. Clock starts when you start. All right. So our protagonist is a graduate student named Helen, whose thesis is about Chicago folklore, uh, specifically, no, not folklore, like like urban legends, and she's going with the Candyman, who is the artist son of a s- ex-slave, and he was unfairly lynched, and if you say his name five times in the mirror, he's going to come after you and kill you, and she does that, and she, he comes out and kills a bunch of people, and she gets framed for their murders, and eventually uh, she dies too, but not before saving a baby and killing the Candyman, and Time. then she comes back to haunt her boyfriend. Uh, husband. Yeah, she haunts him by ripping his entrails out. Yeah, he says her name five times in the mirror. There's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, you spent a lot of time on the first, like, five minutes of the movie. And you didn't even mention how nice people were, so I'm pretty disappointed, <laughs> well, Jack. Well, the people weren't that nice in this movie, so <laughs> Nobody's this isn't really nice a nice people movie. movie. Except the the kid and, uh, I guess the, the poor woman whose dog and son... I guess her son gets saved in the end. Yeah, she just gets shat on the entire time. It's a hard hard life being her. Yeah, well, she does live in a seemingly abandoned project, except for the one apartment next to where the Candyman lives, which is the one she's chosen to reside in. It's not abandoned at all. There are tons of people. That whole floor seems to be empty, except for her apartment. Eh, we'll get to that in a minute. In fairness, you've never been to Cabrini Green, Jack. I have not been to Cabrini Green, that's true. Capri Sun Green. But before... <laughs> yes, Mark. Capri Sun Green. Uh, 
Before we do that, though, we should figure out what in the fuck subgenres of horror this thing fits into. Sure. Um, I get the layup because it was my movie. This is a classic. Anyone want to argue with me? That this is I classic? don't want to argue with you, but it is interesting how fucking hard this movie is to find and watch right now. If you're Whole a, a digital impossible. native like Shit. us, we're not digital natives world. But anyway, hard to find. We all had yeah. to pay. We paid collectively like 30 bucks to watch this shit. You're welcome, Maybe listener. even 34. It was like 11 bucks. That's life these days. Jesus. Trying to find a classic. So that's the only thing yeah. I'll say is I agree with you that it's a classic, but dude, what? Yeah, and I couldn't even it buy it through Amazon. I had to buy it through Voodoo. It, it flies way yeah. under the radar. And yeah, if, you, if you think that it's available on Amazon, it's not. You you sign up for the free trial thing, and it yeah. says it's not available in your area. You get so, fucked, is what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know the background behind these distribution rights, because every once in a while, Suspiria is the same way. Suspiria is undeniably yeah. a classic, and it's literally impossible to find anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you can't even buy Suspiria on Voodoo. I mean, these movies are good arguments for the people who are actual physical collectors of movies, because they're easy to get that way, but if you want to watch that shit digitally, you're up the creek. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jake, how about you? Give us another subgenre of horror that this fits the fuck into. Supernatural. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean there's not in, really much else to say. I, I don't have to defend it. To if you things. exclude the sequels, if you discount the sequels, then this very of much course. just could be a movie about a woman going fucking nuts and killing a lot of people. Not really. Yeah, I mean, not really. If you choose to not believe the story of the movie, which is kind of dumb. Yeah, but that's like a not unreasonable narrative in this movie in isolation. I guess. Yeah, but there, I feel like just unless, the movie, unless the movie unless the movie has like that. a Wow. That was a lot of crosstalk. <laughs> Your fault. Unless the movie actually guides you to that conclusion, I, I don't know. Then you're just, you're reading between the lines. I don't like it. Well, it kind of does. It shows you the security tapes of the Candyman not in the room with her. It's only appearing to her. He. Fair. I guess it's a fair point. I don't know. Yeah. I still like I have I have some significant real. questions about something kind of related to that that we'll get to. There's okay. enough time or place. That's All right, Mark. Stay Another tuned. subgenre of horror. Here's some questions. Uh, that's <laughs> that a this slasher. This fits the fuck into. There's uh, not slasher is what I said. There's there's not that much of a uh, body count realistically in this movie when you compare it to other slashers, but it's definitely still a slasher. It, it it's doesn't, interesting. I was going to bring that up too because it's on a shitload of lists as he's one of the best slashers of all time. Um, the Candy I'm guessing Man. it develops more in the sequels that I haven't seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The sequels are yeah. definitely more slasher-esque than this. Yeah. But this yeah. also doesn't necessarily involve, like, the murdering people for purient interests, or you know what I mean? Like, she's not getting killed when she's having sex, and none of that shit's going on in this one. I mean, this is a slasher in the sense that, at the core of it, regardless of motive, usually it is related to what you just said, Jack, but it's a movie with a killer who has a Slashes. body count to his name. And yeah. that's what you have here. It's it's a little more interesting because it takes place over some of its story that's uncovered and it's happened in the past. So it's not all on screen at once. There's less of a, a body count happening like feverishly over the course of a night or a couple days or whatever, but it's still there. I I'll also include it. I'll also include signature weapon mm-hmm. as a key <laughs> slasher thing. The hook. Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta yeah. have a signature weapon in a slasher. Yeah, 
Um, this is a splatter movie. I'll, I'll give it a splatter grade. In kind of a weird way. Yeah, but there I, was a... I have some things to say about this. We're, we're calling all the way ahead to all of the things we want to talk about later, I guess, but... There is a metric fuckload of blood in here. Kinda. In weird spot. I honestly thought this movie could be rated PG-13. There's... Yeah, for the 90s it could have been. Yeah, now there there's too much like side boobs. so many nipples. <laughs> well, yeah, but there were nipples on Friends, too. That was just yeah. the 90s. <laughs> That's yeah. a valid point. But the end, Have you seen wow. Jennifer Aniston on those early episodes of Friends? That show is nothing but nips. I don't think her nipples were popular. ever like what's-her-name at the end of this movie. I think they very much were. Those, dude, you could have cut diamonds. <laughs> you I go mean, back, watch some of the early episodes of Friends. You will be shocked. Shocked, that, I say. That was astonishing. It was astonishing, yeah. I don't think there are any other subgenres, you guys. We're just talking about nipples. Bees? <laughs> Killer bees. Just gonna pop a quick H on this box. <laughs> uh, white guilt subgenre. Wow, it is. Does it that... is kind of interesting, actually. Mark, you as a joke once proposed that I think oh hypnotism and race relations was That's a subgenre. Is that the one no. you did, or or hypnotism? No. Hypnot- slavery through hypnotism and race? I, I don't remember how exactly you <laughs> phrased it. Forced <laughs> like slavery through that. hypnosis. That was when we were talking about Get Out, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we were. This movie, he is the son of an ex-slave, the Candyman. Certainly has slavery overtones, yes. And he claims, the actor, that to get all those bees to crawl out of his mouth, which was a really real thing that really happened, he had to be hypnotized to be calm enough to allow that to happen. You can call him by his name. I don't remember it. Tony Todd. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Holy God. Um, Good work. Jack never watched it. But anyway, movie. it's slavery adjacent and there's hypnotism involved. I, I think well, this might be your second he, movie. In it's that not even genre. slavery adjacent. The scene in the, in the, in the parking garage, she like pretty distinctly hypnotizes her. So does he hypnotize her? Uh, yes. Okay. I like how he says distinctly, and then he has to do that upward inflection. <laughs> let me think about it. Sort of bit. He literally hypnotizes her. Jake. He literally hypnotizes her <laughs> into hypnosis. Did we get through the subgenres? I think. Yeah, so. I think. Yeah. I think. What's out of it. How how many times had you guys seen this movie before? Marks and zero. I take it. Yeah, none. You'd never Jake. seen this. Uh, this would be like two and a half. Fair enough. I haven't seen yeah, it that I, often because it's not easy to find. It never has been, unless you. Yeah, own it. I'm with you, Jake. I've seen it a couple of times, but not like a whole bunch. It's not one of the ones I've seen a shit under the radar. Um, Mark, so what did you? How did you have this categorized in your head? Like, what did you know about this? What did you think about this? Were you excited to watch it? Uh, it was much lower on the slasher and bees scale than I was expecting. There's uh, only like I, one scene with bees. Yeah, there's very few bees in this movie, and I, based well, for some reason, there are a maybe lot. I there caught, are way more like, than I'd be comfortable with. Maybe I caught like some snippet of Candyman three or something. I remember there being a scene where Tony Todd is standing in a pit of bees. In one in of the, the sequels, there he he's not in a pit of bees, but there are scenes where he's like screaming bees at people, and it's like a torrent of bees coming out of his mouth. No, I, I specifically remember him in a room that is just fucking full of bees. 
And I always assumed that was in Candyman. It must be in one of the sequels. So that's kind of what I was expecting at least once, and it never happened. No. Um, I was also expecting way more slasheriness. There's really only one slasher kill, which is the the doctor. Yeah. And that one's well, at least good. at least only one you see. Yeah. So it was a different. It was much more like it was a much more slow burn movie than I was really anticipating. It is. It's pretty psychological because a lot of it's like establishing like how the fuck would you feel if this stuff's happening and everybody's blaming you for it and there's nothing you can do about it. Like I think it's it's trying to play way more on that kind of fear than it is just the like gore and nonsense from the slashing. Yeah. So that caught me off guard a little bit. How does it All stand right. up on repeat viewings? I I I loved it. Um, I still like it. Um, it's it's fun. Stands up very well. It's fun. You described this movie yeah, as fun. I what is could what not is disagree wrong with more with fun. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's this not fun. This it's, pretty... it's antithetical to fun. I agree. I agree. I I think it. <laughs> my repeat viewing is. I think it had been a while since I'd seen it, and the biggest thing that stood out to me was I I forgot how much time is spent just kind of dealing with Helen, the main character's own like coming to terms with what's happening like yeah her her inability to accept like what's happening and deal with it took up more screen time than i remember and it also took longer to get going than i remember there's a lot of bullshit at the front half of this and by front half i mean like first 15 minutes there was a lot of development early oh yeah oh yeah a lot of unnecessary development oh yeah i don't know i didn't dislike any of the development I i thought it worked pretty well I mean, I don't think it was, it wasn't bad, but it also, like, push comes to shove, it could easily have been removed from the movie. The scene, I think, is totally unnecessary, is there's a scene early on where, like, her husband's a professor, right, and her husband's colleague, who I think is also a professor, like, the weird rivalry they established between Helen and him. The dinner scene? Yeah. Yeah. That scene is bananas. (laughs) And, And it's such a weird way to deliver exposition, too. Well, surely you know the backstory. (laughs) <laughs> and for her being like I'm gonna leave you in the dust or whatever the fuck she says for no reason to, why she would said, you say that I think she said we're gonna bury you yeah, yeah that's what it was we're gonna bury you it comes out of fucking nowhere she got buried <laughs> bam she uh. did literally I did it right I did it right you guys <laughs> first time in your life congrats so buddy what, what do we think the movie does right pacing yeah I agree with you it's weird because a part of my brain says this movie's too slow, but I think as a whole, weirdly, and I guess this comes down to pacing more than like story tightness, but it actually does have like a good ramp to it. You're never, you're never slowing back down. You're always at like the previous pace and ratcheting up from there, right? I completely agree. Yeah, and it gives you a nice mix of worrying about like I don't know. At least for me, thinking about what the fuck would you try to do in this situation? You've been accused of murder, and it really seems like you murdered a person. Do you think you're going crazy? Do you think the Candyman's real? Like, what's going on there? Um, and then actual just murderings. So that's actually bringing up another thing that I always think is interesting, is where exactly, if you're in a horror movie, when do you realize you're in a horror movie? Right. Right. And That's what honestly, I was trying to say earlier, but if not you're, eloquently. Yeah. If you're Helen, and you wake up, covered in blood after a fugue state 
Occam's razor is that you went crazy and killed somebody. At that mm-hmm. point, I'm pretty convinced that I killed that person. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You're not thinking, oh, there was a ghost that did this. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to go home and crack a beer and smoke a cigarette to decompress from my tough day of having the Candyman frame me well, for murder. Well, let's See, not okay. go that far, because I definitely would go home and crack a beer in that case. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drink as much beer as I can, because I'm probably going away. The- <laughs> exactly. You can have Pruno. Yeah, look up some recipes for toilet wine. That's so yeah. fun. That is exactly what I was talking about, right? Like where she, it's so weird because she spends, she's writing her fucking thesis and she's committed. And I think they do a good job of painting her as being committed to these people are dealing with the hardships of living in the projects and having a really tough life with this lore around this fictional character that does whatever and yada yada. But then when she is in that situation, she is flipped from there wasn't really a period of time where she was like, is this is something supernatural happening? She just goes from like, I'm committed to my thesis. I'm committed to my thesis. And then she wakes up in a pool of blood and that it was is certain that it's like supernatural. I I think a more sophisticated movie would have played that like kind of Twilight Zone esque line. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I thought I'd missed something. I don't think so, though. I think that it was just kind of a hard shift to deal with as the viewer. It was definitely a hard shift. Okay. Yeah. Plus, she murders that poor dog. Yeah, which, out of the fucking nowhere, there's a dead dog. I kind of didn't, it didn't even really register me with me that there was a dog to be killed. All of a sudden, (laughs) boom, decapitated dog. Oh, come on. The second you saw that shit when she opened the door, you were like, you're going to die. It's a horror movie. <laughs> We're talking a lot about what it didn't do right in the what did it do right section, Jack. This is your fault. Well, I, I Mark brought up an interesting point. Other things does right as I like the gore. It uses, <laughs> I think it does a good job with the gore effects. It's discerning with it. Um, I think the acting, for the most part, is, is very good. Um, I think the woman who plays Helen does a really good job. Um, I think that uh, Todd does a very good job. But he doesn't have too much to do. Like it'd be, he does a good. They're job, all good actors. They do a good job. That guy does a good job. Tony Todd does a good job. Lots of good jobs in this movie. That's my that's I, my actor analysis. You know, are you a, a mobster? <laughs> what are you? What is that? What are you um, doing? I don't know. You threw me all off. I, track. I, I do have Mark, something Mark's to say. Mark's a wise guy Jack, because Jack is clearly just vamping at this point. <laughs> what else does it do right? Mark now? doesn't like any. What it does right? Or Jack doesn't like anything about this movie. I like uh, most of this movie. I think it comes. I think it comes in the effects category. I think that it it toes a really good line with not giving you too much. I mean, this is a six million dollar movie, so we're not talking like made on the cheap. But it doesn't try to do too much. I really like the sets that it uses, like the way yeah. it used Cabrini Green to give you this just like run down dingy grungy location is very different than what you see in a lot of horror movies. It's it's constricting, sure. it's kind of claustrophobic. There's a lot of good imagery that's associated with it. Um I just you you don't see that a lot. And I think that it's a pretty cool atmosphere to create and it, it builds its own sense of foreboding because you know that it's not a good place to begin with and the way they play with that and kind of build in the supernatural element I thought was really fucking cool. Yeah, and I also really like the way that it kind of seems like her thesis might be 
you know, everybody in these projects and everything, it's it's a rough life and there's a lot of bad shit that goes on and they use this Candyman legend to explain some of the horrific shit that happens there. That's kind of then supported by the, like, leader of the gang pretending to be the Candyman or, like, claiming to be the Candyman a little bit later on. Yeah. Yeah, and then notably you look into the, the Candyman, bitch. Yeah. Well, because we're we're led to believe that he is the one who cut that little kid's dick off, right? Yeah, you can't fix that. You're better off dead. <laughs> that was an amazing line. Holy <laughs> shit. That little kid is charming as hell. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's cuz his name is Jake. <laughs> oh, and you know what's you know what's great about that is uh the actor that played Jake. His real name is is DeJuan guy. Okay. Yeah. That's he's the, the one guy, line. you know. He's the one, he's that one guy. He's that one guy. Dejuan guy. <laughs> Great name. Uh, uh I'm glad you brought that up, Jake, because that's one thing I wanted to talk about. The sets in this movie are perfect. If we just rated Whoa. a movie on sets, this would be a ten out of ten, hands down. No Yeah, hesitation. Cabrini Green, that was really good, dude. It it does feel well, like a character in the movie. Part of that oh, yeah. part of that is they actually filmed in a housing project. Yeah. Which kudos to them and apparently like the gang members in this are actually legit gang members that they had to pay off to let them film there in the background that's awesome aside from that though the sequence where they're whatever you want to call it behind the mirror in Candyman's realm and there's like all the graffiti on the walls Mm -hmm. that's perfect like that's so good but then even beyond that this movie introduced me to a fear I did not know that I had things behind your medicine cabinet sort of (laughs) It's going through the medicine cabinet is a really cool, like, thematic element. But yeah. beyond that, there's something so weird about staring into an empty apartment when she takes hers out and just looks into the neighbors. I oh, don't yeah. like that. that. Oh, yeah. That makes me wildly uncomfortable. I, and Mark, I know exactly what you're talking about. That freaked me out, too. It's like a mirror image of your world, but it's but empty. empty. <laughs> it's the upside Along down. Along those same lines, have you ever stayed in a hotel room where they have like the doors that link to rooms? Yeah, yes, it freaks rooms. me the fuck out to unlock that door. Oh, I open it up. I leave it open just in case. <laughs> That's my why neighbors... I keep mine locked. That's why I have to keep mine locked because there's probably a pervert like you on the other side. What is wrong? Who's with just you, standing dude? there, pants off, on the other side, waiting for my door to open? Just hanging, <laughs> dong, just waiting. <laughs> Looks like a button in a fur coat. <laughs> I mean. Not exactly, but you know, just just seeing if there's anyone over there wanting to hang out. You're just open to whatever the world might bring you. Yeah, let's see what happens. You never know. <laughs> what do you think's over there? Candyman? So we kinda covered what the movie does wrong and what it does right. Right? <laughs> uh kind of. I still have things to say. Alright, what do you got? Jack just doesn't funny. want to talk about this. Jack, did you watch this movie? Yeah. <laughs> how was how are the actors? Were they good? List all the. They were good. They did a good job. I think they were pretty good. You know, they're just so his name is Tony Todd. He's an actor. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. He's good at acting. Yeah. So you guys both said that the effects were good, which I have a qualm with. I actually don't think the effects. I didn't necessarily mean effects. I meant sets, but I put those. Sets are great. And I I hear you. Those are in the same category as far as our ratings are concerned. What effects didn't work for you? The blood. There's. I liked the blood. It was very syrupy. Well, and beyond that, it's 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 a weird place because it's a rated R movie, and like there's random scenes where there's blood spurts, 
that don't really make any sense. Like, I'm pretty sure when she gets hit by the, the hook in the bathroom by the gang leader guy, there's just like a spurt of blood for some reason. And they I don't I was really show expecting. It, and then there's a pool of blood below her, too. But then she just has a black eye instead of stitches for a massive, like, that was a lot of artery. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then later on when the uh, the doctor gets eviscerated or whatever verb you would use to describe what happens to him, like it's a good kill th- theoretically, but I don't think it looks good at all. He got the guy just kind of like spazzes out, and there's just like a blood like it's like a dude with a thumb on a hose that's pumping blood out. And he's just like spraying it. In the air. Like, it doesn't look correct whatsoever. A it looks dude terrible. with a thumb on a hose? Yeah, you know, like when you're spraying your hose, your garden hose, you're trying oh, to water okay, your garden. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I got it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it just looks like a, it's just a stupid spray pattern that's just yeah. clearly getting, like, pumped out of the seat he's sitting in. Yeah, I kind of like that, though. But you recognize... I didn't feel like this movie's like tone be- worked well with that sort of silliness it needed to be a little more because of the dinginess and like the grunge that we talked about i think it it needed to be a little more on even more so than it was on the refined side like hey just judiciously don't do this you can have blood without having to spray it through a fucking hose maybe it's a nostalgia factor for me but for me i I do agree that they're incongruous but they they work for me so i i like that there's the intense psychological parts and then there's hose loads of blood for an injury that would not provide the same. I don't, it's just a bit um, of a juxtaposition that I thought was tough. Yeah. I, but I will stand behind reason, effects. It doesn't stand out as bad to me. I will stand behind effects, though, because that was still jarring, and you have to think about it for the time, and you have the sets that do fall into that category, and the bees. And, yeah, so, so the bees are a big one. Bees. But also, while I agree that the blood doesn't line up with the injuries that supposedly caused that blood it doesn't look bad like i still think it looks cool and good it just that's too much blood for whatever injury they sustained well i'm glad we covered that and and push comes to shove (laughs) the effects of this movie are good it's basically just there's a few scenes that in the moment especially for a slasher like to be taken out of the movie while someone while the body count is is building is kind of a problem from that yeah. side of things. Yeah, but I it does you. get it does get a lot of forgiveness because as I said, the sets are literally perfect. And it gets a lot of forgiveness because as as Jake and I said, the bees, that's a real thing. Yeah. Tony Todd. I am did shocked that, shit. that Tony Todd was only stung by like twenty six bees during the yeah. series. I feel like he during should have been stung series. by twenty six during the one scene in this movie. He had them on his tongue. They're all in his fucking mouth. Well, they had to be, I guess they had to be like a very specific age bee, so they couldn't have stingers yet. Exactly. They look like adults, but they can't sting you. And a few of them are just a little bit too old. I don't know. I'm not an an apiarist, but apparently if there's a bee that's like exactly one week old, it looks like an adult, but it doesn't have a stinger. What, you think I'd use a bad apiarist? (laughs) And by the way, I don't blame... I don't blame Todd at all for having to be like hypnotized. I would never. I I don't know Holy how much shit, money no. it would I, take. I'm not convinced hypnotism actually works well enough to get me to agree to do that. I'm not convinced it works at all, dude. <laughs> he had he had hundreds of bees on his face. You should watch Get Out. It apparently works very well. Spoilers. That's, just think about how that would feel to have like hundreds of bees on your face. I and, like, don't in your mouth. want to. I don't like it. I don't like it. 
How yeah, much but just did think he make about for it? this movie. That's what I want. Less know. than eight million dollars because that was the budget, and it the would take eight million dollars to get that many bees in my mouth. I I think he was paid entirely with craft sandwiches from the craft food table. I might take that. <laughs> just a, just like a platter of ham sandwiches. That's pretty good payment. There's not a lot I won't do for a sandwich of any variety. As long as it has meat on it. <laughs> not, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> there are a few more like really, really small gripes that I had about this one. For one, in the doctor's office, uh, the nurse orders, or orderly, or whoever he is, he orders a thousand mils of something, which I is just, just a, a thousand mils. Just a thousand mils. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually say the drug. He just says, I need a thousand mils, stat. Which, which is, is also, I think it's understood that they know what they're talking about. They bring a hundred mils, ma- absolute max. They probably bring ten mils of something, but but he orders a liter of something, and then also that that scene marked to your point on the effects is the most clearly like prop syringe I've ever seen in my life because they don't even like they just shove it near her and it retracts instead of and then they push the button before it's all the way in her neck. It's that scene is not great. Yeah, and for the record. Because you could order a thousand mils of saline. He's not ordering saline. He's ordering like barbiturates or some type. No, of No, he's probably ordering a liter of Mountain Dew because he's gonna have to hold her down all night. Yeah, and he, <laughs> so Mark, he just has a thousand mils. I need a thousand mils in a bedpan. Stat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Second, very minor gripe. She's a fucking terrible photographer. Holy shit! If you're getting your doctoral thesis and taking photographs of shit. Well, that's maybe not what she's be better at taking in. photographs. What made you bring an extra roll of film? Photography student, dude. She's some kind of anthropologist. Yeah, and she should probably know how to like a bring more film for her camera and b frame a goddamn shot. Your your photographs aren't going to mean shit if there's nothing in frame. Yeah, she's, she's like, like two feet away from the wall taking eleven pictures of two feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally the worst photographer I've seen on film, figuratively, ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could buy that she's that bad at it. I absolutely could buy that she's that bad at it. Because she's not a photography student, like you seem to think she is. That doesn't... I yeah, feel like you have part, to have, like, photography like skills. It, yeah, Mark, do you remember the 90s? People didn't know how to use fucking anything. <laughs> Shut it's up, a Jack. They, they knew how to use those buckets that dumped things on you and, like, double dare. Yeah, yeah the Pipod? The Pipod, what would you do? Do you guys remember on those shows when, when, cause they did an invariably malfunction and like not pour gack on people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not pour slime on people. Yeah, exactly. You the just, 90s uh, were huge on slime. You, well, yeah. Well, or gack. But mostly gack? slime. Power yeah. Rangers with Ivan Ooze, Turtles, The Secret of the Ooze, Ghostbusters 2, all of Nickelodeon. The 90s were big on slime. There were a lot of cream pies, I feel like. I think you're thinking of the 40s. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I get the 40s and the 90s mixed up frequently. It's They're like, close. was that Nirvana or was it Glenn Miller? I, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think Glenn Miller was in the 40s. I don't know when anything that happened was. He was. I think it was 1982. 40s. Was it 1982? <laughs> what year did the thing come out? That's when Glenn Miller was doing his thing. <laughs> we should move on to ratings, I feel like. I have more um, things. Oh Jake yeah, I feel like all things. we've talked about. I mean, we've gotten a little off track, but we haven't even moved off what it does right or wrong. <laughs> I have another thing that I'd like to discuss. 
Thank about, you, Jake. I think it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, third grader giving a book report. <laughs> That's way above my class, man. Don't give me that credit. <laughs> um, Present your shoebox diorama of a question, Jake. Damn, I wish I should. I could have done that. I could have made a diorama. <laughs> you threw me off my game. Now I don't even remember what the thing was. <laughs> no, what I <laughs> what I wanted to talk about was I am a little confused as to the role the Candyman plays in terms of like people's ability in the natural world to interact with and see him right because he is like this invisible invisible force unless invisible no you got it right invisible invincible invisible force (laughs) that will kill you but when he's in the act of killing you you can see him unless he burned in a fire and then his hook is left in the residue of the fire so jake can pick it up and put it in helen's grave yeah, and I thought that Jake could Freddy also see. I thought that Jake could also see his dead body in the fire as it was burning. Also, so, sometimes he kills you. Sometimes he frames you for murder and dog aside. Well, well, that, no, that's, that's because he would, had a love interest. She's like the, the reincarnated, reincarnated spirit yes. of his lover. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess that it, made sense. It was always so he didn't want to murder her. Yeah. Well, eventually it. he did. He needed to like sacrifice her so they could be together for eternity, but it had to be a specific I, I came way. Here yeah, I don't, for you. I don't want to kill you painlessly. I want to torture you for like seven days and then yeah. kill you. Yeah. That was way more than seven death. days, dude. Mark, did you see how unfairly he was lynched? I'd be pissed off too. They took like one of those old timey lumberjack saws that takes two people to operate to his neck, according <laughs> to that graffiti mural. I don't feel like that would take more than like one stroke to kill you, though. Any number of strokes would be too many. Mm, fair. That, yeah, that's a good point. Because it uh, can kill you. The other thing is, I don't. So why? Would I just he don't understand that rule. The, the rules don't make sense to me. No, they 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 very much don't. Because Mark, they also talk the projects. About... That's where it happened, and then projects happened on top of that. So he's like haunting an area, right? Because the I guy think. used Caprini Green in the like recap of the eighteen hundred times too. But at the same time, at the same time, like the urban legend, when it's first explained, is like in the burb somewhere with the girl and her like biker boyfriend. So he is not beholden to just Cabrini Green. Exactly. I don't know. Right. So so why does it? Yeah, I'm with you. That's just where he's established his because that's where his home was. And then they built the projects there. But he can I am I am a little all I'm saying is I I think this fits into what it does wrong, but I'm not entirely sure. I was hoping you guys could clarify his physicality rules, and then what Mark raised, I think, goes along with that. Like, what, what are the, what are the rules for Tony Todd's Candyman? I don't character? think there are any rules. Oh, good. And I think that's that's why I have the theory that if you take this movie by itself, it might all be her being a psychopath. Yeah, that. That's- that's fair, and that that would be the type of movie that like sets up good fan theories like that, but then never actually like does anything to to qualify them, right? And then right? the the, the sequels, I'm sure in the sequels it just ruin that. Yeah, exactly. So in the sequels, they're just like fuck your fan theory. <laughs> but even He's that real, would work pretty well because then her husband, like, who feels so guilty about cheating on her right before she went crazy, like, kills himself with the knife. Ah, now yeah. you're thinking. Yeah, 
Because there's also thinking with portals. The, she didn't get lynched, right? There's no reason she would need to be a vengeful spirit and come back to kill people. Well, now they're like a team. She just got cheated upon. They're a- the thing is, the thing about that though is like, if you're saying Candyman five times, you, you're on a mission. You know what you're doing. You could just like be married to another Helen. And just be talking to her just in front of a mirror. A different Helen? It's Helen And then of accidentally some oh, summon Helen. like a Helen, demon. Helen, 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 Helen. Helen, <laughs> Helen. I mean, that just seems unfair. Yeah. What if and you're just singing that. the Candyman song, but only like the chorus of it, only the hook? Doob a doob a doob. Ratings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Rafi from the League's ability to read. Do you know how to read? <laughs> I get by, alright? What do you know? You know, like, red means stop. Great. Green means go. Good. Yellow's the other one. And for 10, Think of how you'd rate how good the warriors are. You warriors are good. Real good. The best. Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. Uh, This was my movie. I guess that means I'm going first. I'm going to give it a seven for story. Are you? I am. I like the story here. It's pretty legitimate. I like the uh, the urban legend thing. It's kind of a, the Bloody Mary situation, but a totally unique take on it. It's got a pretty legitimate backstory of this artist who was the son of a former slave who was lynched. I, I don't like um, how it kind of shoehorns in that this woman ends up being the soulmate of his lover. Or not soulmate, the, the reincarnation of his lover, his soulmate. Or whatever. I, I don't like that. But I, I think overall the story is pretty legitimate. I'm giving it a 7. Jake, go. Um, I agree with like everything you said, but I'm giving it a 5. And it's... Interesting. I feel like the writing needed to have been there to establish the rules for the main character of this movie better. Yeah. And I, I guess that came I, up I had it trouble, you more than it did me. I had trouble with where to put this because we talk about how story is like the concept and then immersion is the execution. But I feel like the rules for your main fucking character or your main antagonist in a movie like this are story, not necessarily execution. So that's why I'm giving it a slightly lower score than you. And by slightly, I mean pretty big for us. Yeah. Mark, how about you? Yeah. I mean, it's a quarter of the scale. I'm much closer to Jack. I, I gave it a seven and a half. Which I guess leaves me at the top. Uh, I look. I totally agree. There's. It's. It's weird because the the bones of this movie, if you really dissect them, are pretty good. Except for I totally buy Jake's gripe. That's a real thing. That the the rules just aren't really well defined at all. But I mean, I'm not giving it a perfect score. So the yeah. the one thing about this that's interesting is so it's it's written by Clive Barker. Yeah. Right. It was a short story written by him. Yeah. I have I don't I don't know anything about Clive Barker. I I keep running into what his name elsewhere. Uh, he does video games and movies and stuff. And I feel like every time I see stuff by him, it's always in like a very like he's one of the horror legends. And I know almost nothing about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's he's also not really a painter. F- 
Okay. That so that also feeds into my that doesn't feed into my rating at all. I just wanted to touch on that because we haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, overall, good story. Seven and a half. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I feel Put like a bow on just it. mark on on what you said, Clive Barker. I've always, in a certain way, I've equated him with Jim Morrison because. He's kind really? of blowhardy. So Jim Morrison, when he was a little kid, saw a Native American family die in a car accident on the highway, right? And that's in, I don't know, 80% of the Doors songs. Um, it's about this Native American family. <laughs> he had died. one life experience. Seriously, yeah. When <laughs> he was a little he kid. Was so, and, and then he was not sober for the rest of his life. <laughs> he really made right. it count. Yeah. yeah. And Clive Barker's kind of a similar way because he, when he was like a little kid, I think saw a skydiver's shoot. Like he was wit- watching a skydiver and the chute didn't open and the guy just dropped to his death. And he talks about that shit all the time. It's one of the only things he talks about and it's in most of his short stories and stuff. So they're <laughs> similar in that way. Most? Most? Literally? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think literally most. He's not When a bunch. I think about, dude, when I think about Clive Barker, all I think about is Hellraiser. He's like Hellraiser and that's all I think about. The weird thing is I always think of Clive Barker as Jericho. Which is a video game from like 2006. <laughs> I've never heard That's, of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because it was terrible. But that was like that was the first time he was prominently featured on the on the byline of a video game. <laughs> immersion <Yeah>. and <laughs> world building. I think I'm going to give it a six for world building and immersion. Uh, the score is pretty high for me here. I think mine's going to be higher than Jake yours. I anticipate being because the stuff that you mentioned, I, I agree with you, is in the movie, but it bothered me less than you. Like, like Mark, what you were saying too, I think that the, the dichotomy between the silliness and like campy B-ness of some of the kills and blood splatter versus the really actually serious stuff about what's going on with Helen as it's happening and the psychological shit going on there, that maybe it's a nostalgia thing, but that just never really registers to me as disruptive to the movie watching experience. I stay pretty tuned into it the whole time. And I, I stay tuned into the psychological oh shit she like how would you deal with this if you think you're going crazy maybe but you also think the candy man's real so it's a pretty high score for me it's not it's not perfect and i think her her husband's acting takes it out takes me out of it a little oh bit and some other shit like that but overall better than average it's six jake how about you um so i think where you went slightly astray with your what you were thinking i was going to give it is what i had said about the rules for Tony Todd's Candyman. Yeah. And I don't want to do the double Jeopardy thing. Like, I had a tough time deciding where to put that, but I ended up putting it in story. Fair enough. Outside of that, there was little that would have had the potential to really break my immersion a whole lot. Like, I think that this had quite a few different things that, again, I'm going to try not to pot things in too many categories, and it's a bit tough with this movie, but the, the way that this is paced is pretty spot on. The acting is pretty good for the most part. And everything that they did in terms of like just making you feel the setting that they've created sucked me into the movie as a result. Like that Cabrini Green scene is so unique to this universe that they've created that you just don't see it often enough to not be immersed, in my opinion. And for a reason, I'm going a little higher than you. I'm going to six and a half. But, All right. you know. Mark, how about you? I gave it a five. <clears throat> I, I think if you averaged all of our ratings, you'd end up basically about the same, same score, which I think is telling. Um, 
Yeah, I, I gave it a five. This is right down the middle. I think it does some things right. I, th- but I think for the most part, everything it does right, it also has a hose full of blood spraying out behind someone in like the most iconic kill of the movie, which it's a great kill, but it takes you out of it. And then, like you said, Jack, we never touched on this in the actual like talking about the movie thing, but the husband's acting is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So plus you he's have a the- philanderer. Yeah, well, you, you're kind of unsure how long she's actually been in a coma, but it, No, you're not. It's a month. They say a month. That's a long time. People can keep, people can heal in a month. I think he was, no, but he was cheating on her the night she killed the... the that was implied. Allegedly kidnapped the baby, too. That was heavily implied. All right. If you're in a philanderer, f- how much is it your dream scenario to have your wife, like, go out and murder a family on the night you're cheating on her and get caught? Is that a dream scenario? I don't think that's a dream scenario. This is dark. I don't like this. I think your dream scenario is you just continue philandering and no one finds out. Yeah, but if you're going to get caught, you want it to be like on the night that your wife went out and murdered someone, probably. I haven't given it that much thought, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So you can can say mine was less bad than yours. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how yeah. marriages work. Although that would be like a final like great nightcap to the thing. Like you wake up covered in blood, you accidentally decapitated a dog, stole a baby, whatever. And you come home, all you want is a nice thirst-quenching Budweiser. You come in America's and you big. walk in on your husband philandering. Oh, <laughs> what what a way to end the night. Only only a refreshing ice-cold Budweiser could cure those ills. <laughs> Sometimes, but is better. <laughs> all right so you scare gave it a factor scare, scare factor. factors scare up factor. next it's gonna be a seven for me whoa yeah it's high okay. i get really freaked out by this you're not sure if you're crazy or there's a supernatural of, thing happening of course you don't or you do <laughs> that's the right way to that, the gore is pretty great and there's like two jump scares that are mildly effective i um, cannot recall the jump scares in this movie there. One of them is when he reaches when she's at home, like having the Budweiser and then she reaches like opens her medicine cabinet and the Candyman reaches out from the medicine cabinet to attack her. That's one of the good jump scares. And there's another one when uh, she's coming back yep. out of the, the project mirror when they first go there to get more film or whatever. Yeah. And it's her friend who's just kind of standing there not paying attention. And then she oh, reaches yeah. out of the mirror. Oh, yeah. Those there's are the two I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, I, so that shit freaks me out. Add to that good gore. And the, the psychological terror of this thing is unrelenting. So it's it's a high score for me. It's a seven. Jake, how about you? I'm going to give it a five. It feels right. It I, I think about this as being like a little off in left field of some of the other like slashers that we've reviewed. I think what it does right from the scare factor perspective is going back to what I talked about in immersion already. It's that it's different and that it's gritty and that you have like a pretty unsettling backstory and this depth to the kind of destitute area and situation and all these people who are kind of desperate that adds a layer to it that you don't otherwise have in a lot of these movies that are fun slashers this is not a fun slasher let me let me be clear about that and that's that's the good but then the bad and it is funny mark kind of said we're all rating it in slightly different ways but ultimately we're saying the same thing 
I don't remember any of the jump scares really. I I the gore was there. It didn't do a lot for me in terms of scare. Um, when I first saw the dog head, I guess that was like okay, they're getting to that point. But it just didn't do anything that made me feel jumpy or all that unsettled outside of some pretty cool imagery that was associated with kind of the murals and the Cabrini green, like underbelly. And then the bees were kind of just like, ugh, willy inducing. Oh God. But yeah. I don't know. It's middle of the road. There's some willies. <laughs> it's like where on the scale from one to 10, do you just have the willies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mark? What's your scare factor rating? <clears throat> I, I gave it a, I, you guys kind of went higher than I did. I gave it a five and a half. Um, I went lower than you went you higher did. than Jake. I thought you gave it a six. What'd I gave, you give it a five. It? Oh, this is a good radio. Uh, okay, well then I agree with Jake on this one. You did talk. You did talk a lot about like the the setup of the movie, and I do think that's right. I I, I think I agree with most of what Jake said. The, the only thing I wanted to add on was, dude, crawling through a mirror is very weirdly anxiety inducing. I, I guess that's like where it. the extra half point is coming from for me. Yeah. There's some combination of A, crawling through the mirror, and B, just like dislodging the mirror and staring into the vacant next apartment that is creepy. Yeah, I don't I like don't, it. I don't like it. Aside from that, I mean, they don't really linger on that, so or, or really do anything with it, except for maybe like two scenes. Um, so aside from that, I'm with Jake. Nothing, nothing really caught me off guard here. If you were like introing yourself to horror movies on this, I I think you would see some horror in it. But uh, at this point, where we've reviewed uh, a lot of these, I, I don't think there's a whole lot here to separate it from its brethren. And and yeah. actually, we keep yeah. talking about the murals. This isn't so much scare factor. It's just something else I wanted to say. The mural that they keep flashing back to of the dude getting cut by the lumber saw while all the white people look on is that not straight out of a parks and rec mural so actually mark (laughs) the parks and rec mural to which you're referring is all the the travesties committed against native american people there's a bunch of different murals but yes yeah those are actually based on like legitimately the production based those on murals that are here in boise um at what used to be the old courthouse is now currently the university of idaho law school boise oh yeah i've been in there yeah oh my god (laughs) There's legitimately a mural up that people have sued to keep up. They're not allowed to take them down. They've just covered them with U of I banners, but of white people hanging Native American people. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And they're they're here <laughs> in Boise. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. But in any case, just to just to take a step back, someone came in to the projects and painted a mural of a well-to-do artist, son of a slave, getting his head cut off <laughs> for no reason other than apparently just to be a dick to everyone in the projects. I mean, that's literally how those murals ended up on the walls here in Boise. The guy wasn't even an artist, necessarily, at the time who painted them, apparently. I, I, Fair, but the difference is we it, didn't... It's, it's, I'm not it's defending a big difference the murals. going into the projects than into a government yeah, building to do. That's it, the but. only that's the only distinction I want to make here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and that segues us well into effects <laughs> or judicious lack thereof. It's not that. It is not that. Um, it's gonna be a five for me. Um, I think they do a lot of things right, but I think they do a lot of things wrong too. Mark, like you said, the. 
the blood effects do not match what is happening to the character who is from whom the blood is emanating. Um, I think the blood looks good, but it doesn't fit anything that's actually happening to them. I also really disliked that syringe scene when the guy asked for a thousand mils. Give me a thousand mils. Yeah. Um, that said though, the score is very good. Um, that goes in here. The, the sound effects I think are pretty good in this movie. Um, I'm giving it a five. Yeah. It didn't take anything away from the movie, but it didn't push the movie past where it could have been either. Okay. Or past where it was, I guess. Jake, now you go. Thanks, Jack. That's how this goes, generally. Is God damn. Oh, well, he didn't. He just sat there like a you, asshole. You don't have to be like. I don't have to address you. You can't you just speak. You do. I don't want to interrupt, Jack. You hate it when I do that. <laughs> I like what you said about the score. I hadn't. We haven't talked about it on this this episode, but this movie did a pretty interesting thing where the score had a lot of like vocalizations. There was choir in this and it was bombastic and i really enjoyed that and it's it's decently rare i would say for this type of movie to have something like that typically you have your strings like squealing and shrieking going all over the place but i thought that that set the tone pretty well for the setting it was trying to create which was as we've already talked about really 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 well aided by the sets which were very yeah. near perfect. I don't know if I said they were perfect. And to clarify, there, you would never say it's near. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> it's near perfect. And to perfect. clarify, there's another aspect. There's another the other end of the the bombastic choir score is movies like The Omen, where you have the Latin choir chanting like right. satanic things. You know, his whatever they chant in those things. But this yeah, didn't go that far. This either. was this not was a really chanting. This was middle like ground. A, yeah, yeah. It's mostly um, piano. Like ninety percent of it is piano. But then you have choir. At spots, yes. Which was well done. Yeah, it's it's a it's a unique use of choir in a subtle way that isn't doesn't usually happen. But I do agree with some of the absurdity of a few of the choices that they made when they did choose to use gore. Um, I can't give it too too high a score, but I'm gonna bump it up a bit from what Jack gave it, just because of how good the sets were. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six and a half. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Mark, how about you? What's uh, your effects uh, <laughs> or judicious lack thereof score? This is funny, because I actually think that the piano score uh, kind of took me out of it at times. I actually had a note in here of just like, why the fuck do they keep bringing this piano score back? I, I think horror is generally way more effective when it doesn't have a score behind it. But I also think that's a relatively Depends new on the movie. development. Say what? Depends on the movie. It does. And I think it's a it's a newer thing to not have a profound yes. score in yes. the background. So yes. I'm not I'm not knocking it that much for that. I ended up giving this a seven and a half, which is the highest score by a point. Um Yes. So it's just kind of funny that the one thing that you liked I didn't like and I gave and you, you a, still I gave, gave it a, it a higher, higher score. score. Yeah. I I'm just I'm circling in on the fact that the sets are great. The costumes, there is not much to them, but they're good. The post death gore effects are really good uh when the friend is whatever her name was lying yeah, on the ground she and she's like all cut up and the the flashbacks to the kid and stuff mm-hmm. those are really good effects the only thing that really takes me out aside from the the piano score which is a bit of a just not really an anachronism but just a sign of the times uh the only thing that really takes me out is like i said already 
the active death scenes where you actually see someone getting attacked. And for the most part, they're very fleeting. They're they're probably like a total of 80 frames throughout the entire film. So that's enough to diminish it a little bit because it does take you out in the middle of the actual like slashering part of the slasher movie. But aside from that, great effects, especially for a budget of six million. Also, none of us talked about the bees. There are light. Oh bees. shit! Yeah, that I maybe I should. I already talked about. I already talked about that. Yeah. I forgot to include that in my rating. No, bees. it's there. Killer but bees. bees? Uh, <laughs> that leaves us with overall. Yeah, right? That's what it does. And I'm I'm giving this a seven overall. I think this okay. is a really good movie. Like I said when I picked it. This is a criminally underrated movie. Not enough people have seen this movie. Just and like Honeymoon, have right? It's impossible to see. And yeah, it is really hard to see. That's fair. But people have watched some shit from the 90s and before just because it's old and classic. And this is a genuinely good film from that era. I, I like this way better than the original Friday the 13th. Way better. And, and I, really? I just think it's really really crazy how little recognition this movie gets. I think it's really good. It's hmm. a seven. Jake. Huh. Jake. I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at some of the scores that you've given that I've given. While it is different from those movies, like Friday the 13th, like Halloween, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm kind of like looking at... So, Jack. Yeah. What did you give think, Friday the 13th? I think I gave it a six. You gave it a six, yeah. I think I gave it a six, and a six was a, a six with a tilt up for importance, like historical Got it. its place in history. Yeah, so if I had to like... I, I don't like comparing it to those movies because it's so different. Like, those movies are so much more a slasher than this is to me that it's not a fair comparison. When I think about what this movie does and why it is such an underrated movie, it's how well it does with creating an atmosphere that is very unique, especially for the time. Like you haven't seen something like that in the like they're in the projects. You have really weird visuals that go along with that. It's just so different than anything else you've seen to that point in time that I have to imagine that it would have it would have struck you as such and. You add to that just like the different things that they did with like the bees, like we were just talking about, and you know, overall, like pretty good effects. Everything we've talked about so far, I think, adds up to a good score. That overall, I had a more, I, I was able to get more enjoyment from than some of those other movies. I'm gonna end up giving it the same rating as Jack, which I feel kind of bad <laughs> about. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those, it's weird to me that this could fly so under the radar while you have other movies that are kind of similar at the end of the day that, and that's probably why they did all succeed because that's what people, that's what the market demanded. And there's something about this one that just wasn't quite satiating that desire. But at the end of the day, I just think it's a better, more unique film. Yeah. Not that those were wrong for doing what they did because they created something. Sure. Mark, overall. I also gave it a seven. We all gave it the same score. Split out. <laughs> I hate this. I don't have anything else to add. <clears throat> it's a seven. What do you want? <laughs> all right. Well, I, so who does, 
why you should watch it, who does why you shouldn't watch it. How does this we work, have to Jake? We have to play both parts. <laughs> well, look, you should watch this movie with your buddies while you're drinking beers because it, first off, needs more recognition. It's a, it's a movie more people should have seen and will be better off for having seen. Um, another big part of it is there's a lot of such iconic horror scenes in this with the bees the chest opening up the hook we didn't talk that much about the hook hand but they do a really good job with that hook hand yeah i mean that's your signature weapon that's an iconic signature weapon more iconic than a fucking knife a kitchen knife and and it's not just a hook that's like over his stump that's a hook that's like through the spike in the bottom embedded into his stump it is it's yeah it's one it and his stump yeah that shit's just great and that kind of stuff you're gonna get it's it's gonna be a, a fertile ground for discussion because of that. For sure. Okay. I got I got two more. Kay. One is it's really fucking hard to see. So it's sort of like a pay-per-view fight, like one guy pays for it, and then you just bring as many friends over as you can. That's so a good can all see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh second one, there's gonna be a good amount of conversation talking about Jake's line of you can't you can't heal that, you're better off dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. Kid gets his pecker cut off. Yep. Oh I've That's got a- I've got uh, two more reasons to add to that too. It, the reasons are piling up. Hit us with it, Jack. Uh, the nipples at the end—they're astonishing. They're So much discussion about the '90s and why the '90s were a nipple-heavy era. Yeah. Well, and notably, Friends, I believe, premiered in '92 or '93, which is when Friends this came did out, not right? premiere so. in '92 or '93. '94. I think it's yeah. I smell a bat. I smell a bat. Oh. What? Wussies. I I I think Friends premiered in 1994 or 1995. You're not nearly close enough to a dis- a like distinct time to make this bet possible. No, I, I think Friends premiered in September of 1995. Under, I'll take the under. Bad movie I'll, bet. I'll do We're this doing bet it. with you. Yeah, I'll do a bad okay. movie bet. That sounds good. Under. <laughs> that is. I'm positive. I'm under. Hold, please. Meaning before. I know what that means. In my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Oh, oh, that's it. Gambling. <laughs> September 22nd, 1994. <laughs> so I nailed it on the head? No, I was a year off? Yeah. You were exactly one year off. Fuck. <laughs> All right, shit. All right, Mark, what movie am I watching? <laughs> This could be this could turn out being okay for you actually. Ooh. Um, good. Tell me how I die. Pretty I sure this is on Netflix. No recollection of that. This seems movie. like that's like the poor man's final destination. It seems like. No, uh, this was the one. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of another one. It's that like was the one clinical of study ones. in the mountains, and they all like get trapped yeah. inside. And she yeah. has a premonition. It's like a poor man's final destination. I think. That's what exactly what I just fucking said. You said That's literally the exact words he just said. Literally, I, for, I my brain misfired, and you said Resident Evil where, the way I heard it. I don't. I'm probably <laughs> Jack. Did I, I say believe Resident you, Evil? Because that's absurd. But no, it's Jesus. very possible that I could have said Resident Evil. I have concussion no, brain. No, you said I'm, Final <laughs> Destination. Thank God. I'm living in a different reality. I guess. Than you Me guys too, are. man. All right. So Fuck. I have one All reason right. why you wouldn't watch this with your buddies and drink beers. And that's really just that like for the same reasons that I think this is such a cool movie and that it's unique and that it's criminally underrated. And we've talked about it. Whereas a lot of the other movies that are of a similar type, if you start to describe what this movie is to someone, 
those are fun. This is not a fun movie. I don't know if you're going to have the best time outside of a couple instances watching this as compared to something else that you have available to you with your buddies while you're drinking beers. There's just so much you can do that is more fun. That's kind of like your wheelhouse for when you're in that particular scenario. And I just view this as probably being better viewing for when you're by yourself. All right. I buy that. I'll go along with that. One more thing to add to why you should not watch this movie with your bros. Someone's going to say something racist and it's going to get awkward. Oh, probably. Yeah. Like Capri You're going to walk Green. away with a lower opinion of one of your friends, probably. <laughs> I walked away from this episode with a lower opinion of you. So That happens every week, though. That's non-unique. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, let's we, get the fuck we should out leave. of here. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, this is episode 36 of the A to Z Whorecast. Check out everything we have going on. Head over to a to or check right down below this podcast in the links where if Jack does a good job, you're going to find our, all of our different social media links. And by that, I just mean Twitter and the Horror Amino app. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, go over to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom to see everything that's going on on the Phantom Podcast Network. A lot of cool stuff, you guys. And next week, we can hate Mark even more than we did this episode because yeah. we get to it's move into that territory. It's a 2000s movie. It is one missed call. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Was that Nirvana or was it Glenn Miller? I I can't remember.